This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to live their best life and become location independent. This week, I talked to Jessie Festa, who is a solo female travel blogger and entrepreneur from Jessie on a Journey. Jessie created her blog in 2011 when she wanted an outlet to share her journeys as a solo female traveler and couldn't find much content on the topic online. With a focus on solo, active, and offbeat travel, Jessie provides tips and guides for travelers who want unique experiences and those who want to learn how to become a digital nomad. Jessie has been featured in BBC Travel, Thrillist, Business Insider, The Huffington Post, and more. Jessie has since expanded her travel blog to become a thriving New York City tour guide company and incredible e-courses that helps bloggers effectively monetize their blogs so they can live their best life and be location independent. Hey Jessie, thank you so much for joining me today. Can you fill in the gaps of your story and why you live an offbeat life? So I grew up in New York on Long Island and I always grew up traveling. My parents loved road trips, went on a lot of cruises. And when college came, I ended up studying abroad in Sydney, which was super, super inspiring. I didn't even expect to love it as much as I did. Like when the semester ended, I was crying, calling my family, saying I wasn't coming back. But I did. (laughs) And um, from there, I just started traveling and traveling. The thing that got me into solo travel, which is something I'm very passionate about now, even I'm turning 31 soon, I planned this great backpacking trip with my friends, but when the time came to actually do it, everyone backed out and I was sort of left with this decision. Do I give up the trip that I was so excited about or do I go for it and go solo? And I went solo and I spent a summer in Europe. I had a great time and from there I did South America solo and started doing all these other trips. So when college ended, then I was faced with another question do I do the whole nine to five thing like all of my friends or do I figure out another path? So I actually went for my master's just to give myself extra time to figure this out. Like travel is the the reason I genuinely have my master's degree. And when I graduated, I kind of researched and I found that there were people, you know, who weren't Samantha Brown and Anthony Bourdain, like real people just like me who are blogging and making money from it. So then I decided, hey, like I'm going to take, you know, my love of solo travel and kind of, you know, getting off the beaten path and turn this into a blog and I was really lucky. I did it in 2011 and it's been able to grow into something that is my full-time business. The risks that you took in order to follow all of these things like solo traveling for a lot of people is so nerve-wracking just thinking about it you're in a different place a different country and you don't know anyone and for you to take that decision and then go with it and lead to where you are now is amazing and I'm sure you're really glad that you did that oh right (laughs) kind of made my life (laughs) I can't imagine what where I would be if I hadn't done that. So when you want to realize a goal or a dream, what are the first steps that you take in order to achieve them? In terms of, um, like, for example, something more recent uh, that I went for was starting a tour company in conjunction with my travel blog. So 
I had a lot of readers asking me to show them around New York City, which I absolutely love doing, but unfortunately is quite time consuming. And I, I just didn't have time to do that unpaid. So I looked at it and I said, okay, wait, there's something here. Like, I don't want to just say, you know, forget about it. What can I do with this? So I decided to get licensed as a guide and I started my own company, which I sell the tours on the blog. And then I actually have a separate website for the tours as well. And then I sat down and I said, okay, there are so many tour companies in New York City. Like, I don't want to sell just what everyone else is selling. What can I do different? So I kind of pinpointed a gap. I, you know, I'll be on the Brooklyn Bridge and I see people with their selfie sticks or I was thinking about when I travel and I ask someone else to take a photo and it's really bad or my head's cut out. So I decided to create tours where photos are included in the tour. So I actually am a licensed guide. I give a tour and I actually have my DSLR where I take professional photos of them and they get to keep those. I send them the folder with the digital files right after. So for me, it was really finding a gap to fill and then figuring out how I could fill it in a different way than everyone else was already doing. Like, okay, people need tours and people want really awesome tours of New York, but I don't want to do the same thing that everyone else is doing. If you want to start something like that, how can you really fill a gap and, you know, solve a problem or pain point for people? You're never most likely going to be the first person to try anything new. You know, there's been billions of people. There are billions of people around the world. But when you see a gap, like you said, with photography and especially now with social media, everyone wants an Insta photo, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I love the fact that you were able to do that. You saw that gap. You're filling it. And now you're pretty much the queen of of multi streams of income because you do so many different things to to create money and you are really genius in that Jess. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I try, I try. <laughs> Speaking of your multi incomes and multiple streams of income, can you run us through what your average day looks like? Part of my time I am traveling. So those days will look very different because I do really really think it's important to spend time in the destination. And it can be honestly very tough. Like people want to become travel bloggers and they think it's just laying on the beach. But honestly, it is a lot, a lot of work. And it honestly makes travel a little bit harder because when you're on the road, you know that you have things you should be doing, getting done in terms of work, but you also want to enjoy the destination. So I will set specific times when I'm traveling to work, such as early in the morning and at night. And I'll also try to work longer hours before I leave for a trip to get things done so that when I'm traveling, maybe I can actually not check emails for a couple days or, you know, I'll have more free time that way. So I think that's very important. But in terms of when I'm in New York, I actually typically work from home. Uh, I know a lot of people do the whole coffee shop thing. And it's always something I've thought about, like, I should try that. But every time I go, it's like, then you have to pay for snacks and drinks. And then you have to like, find someone to watch your laptop or pack up all your stuff if you have to go to the bathroom or maybe you go to a cafe and it's full or there's no bathroom or it's out of order. So I actually work from home. I kind of wake up. I like to start with just, you know, 20, 30 minutes of yoga to kind of get my mind going, take a shower. I don't always do this, but I have been trying to actually get dressed too because I do feel like having these kinds of rituals in the morning helps you actually get in the mindset to work and be present in what you're doing for the day. Yoga has been tremendously helpful. And even, even if you only have 10, some mornings I just have like 10 minutes, it still helps so, so much to just get me a little more centered. 
from there, I'm a big fan of batch batching the different work I have to do. So if I am working on a course, I will work on my course for two hours and then maybe I'm going to create Pinterest pins for an hour. So I really do batch the different tasks that I have. The other thing that helps me get through the day with work is not having notifications. So my phone is usually in a different room. And even if it's near me, I do not have any notifications aside for text messages that pop up. I don't have my email up because that's really distracting. My most productive days are honestly the days where I don't check my email until like three, four o'clock. I get so much done. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, around six, I try to kind of end, you know, my boyfriend comes home, we'll cook, maybe watch some TV. Maybe we like to paint, not that we're good at it, but um, take some time to really like veg out and not be working 24 seven because, you know, obviously you'll get very burnt out. Many people, and I've, I've been like this too, you feel like you're going to get more done if you work longer hours. But the truth is at some point your brain just kind of becomes mush and your ideas aren't that great. And you need a little bit of, you know, you need to refresh yourself a little bit. Yeah, you just gave us a ton of productivity tips there, Jess, which is amazing. Going back to what you said about having a schedule, especially when you're traveling is so important. I'm traveling right now and the schedule that I try to keep at home, I try to do it as much as possible. Going through all of the process and all of the things that you've gone through so far, what has been the biggest setback that you've encountered and how are you able to handle it? I am always trying to learn new things. I'll say this. And when I'm learning something new, there's definitely periods of failure, um, losing money. So for example, my goal for the end of 2017 was to really get good at Facebook ads. And I'm not going to say I'm a Facebook ads ninja or anything, but while I was testing and tweaking, which I still kind of am, but I, you know, I have to put money into that. And there were some campaigns that just didn't do well. I spent a decent amount of money. Um, but I try to look at it as I learn. So I'm always taking notes. Okay. This audience really worked. This didn't. And yeah, I spent money to learn that, but now I know moving forward that maybe this isn't the best audience to try for a Facebook campaign. And I have like, the more I try it, the better I get at it. And it's really exciting to see the campaigns that do well as I'm learning. But yeah, of course there's these periods of, I spent, you know, 35 bucks and I got one email lead or something as I'm trying to figure out what really is going to work on Facebook ads. And now my next thing is Pinterest ads, which I'm trying to really get into. And I'm having a, I'm having fun learning it, to be honest. And you are amazing with all of these different ways of monetizing your blog. Can you just run us down what you're actually doing to create multiple streams of income? Absolutely. So I am a big fan of bloggers in any niche creating products. I know in my space specifically in travel, a lot of bloggers are focusing almost 100% on brand sponsorships, which can be really fun. I do that as well. But for me, that is a portion of my income because, hey, to go on a, a trip, to create content, to create videos, to write blog posts, to create social media shares, all this stuff takes a lot of time and a lot of energy. So while they are fun and, and you can make good money doing these things and creating content. I also am a fan of creating products. So I've had a lot of readers over the years ask for help with creating blogging businesses. So I have created a few different courses focused on creating profitable blogging businesses. 
Um, so products are a big thing for me. I have a subscription course where people can pay a monthly fee and they get not only new course material each month, but coaching calls and weekly opportunities newsletter. So yeah, I'm always creating new courses. That's kind of my, my, my favorite thing to do. I have my New York City photo tours and that again, that came from another opportunity where I saw people really wanted something from me. This is what people were asking me about. People were emailing me about. So I created a product around that. And then I do do some sponsorships, like I said, and some affiliate marketing. And I actually have a, a strategy for affiliate marketing that goes beyond just sprinkling in affiliate links wherever possible. I try to, when I have the time, sit down and really create a, say, a tutorial post focused on an affiliate partner that I really love. And I found that's a great way to get people to actually click the affiliate links versus like if you say you write a post on, oh, how to road trip through Italy and you link to a backpack that's an affiliate partner. Sure, you might get a few clicks, but the post itself isn't necessarily attracting people looking for a backpack. So I've found a way to kind of get like more intentional with it and be able to get people who will actually want to click bloggers and travel bloggers and Instagrammers it's mostly like you said it's mostly through affiliates or sponsored ads and there's a lot of things that we miss and you're very intentional about every single thing every product that you're doing so that is incredible with the chosen career path that you have how were you able to finance it in the beginning so I, in the beginning, I waitressed on the side, which was super, super helpful because I didn't make money right out of the gate and waitressing is very flexible. So it's not like you have to work 40 hours a week, nine to five, the hours are flexible and you make good money, especially, I mean, in the U S there's, we have our crazy tipping laws. So you do make good money being a waitress and working part time. So it was very helpful with my students getting into blogging. A lot of them ask, do I need to quit my job to make this happen? And I always say, no, do not quit your job until you know that you're going to be making some money on this because you don't want to give up a job with benefits and a secure income. And then maybe a year in, you're like, no, this isn't for me or you're still not making profits. So I wouldn't bet that, you know, right away you're going to be making money blogging. There are certainly steps you can take to create income for yourself quicker, but you know, there are many steps to the strategy and they have to be implemented in the right way for that to happen. There's been so many articles on quitting the nine to five and following your dreams and all of these things, which is great. That's what we want to do. All of us want to do that, especially when you're at a job that you really don't love. But the problem is, is the execution, right? In order for you to actually become successful at that goal or that dream that you have, you have to work hard on it. And we tend to not be prepared most of the time. And that's why our worst nightmares come come to fruition, which is going back into that nine to five because we didn't have a set plan or the execution was just not the right one. So we have to be prepared for that, that there's a lot more work that you're going to be doing to follow those passions than actually staying at your nine to five. If anything, it's probably going to be easier. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I would just have, you know, while you follow that dream, you should totally follow your dreams, but have a plan on the side so that you're not finding yourself with no money, no way to pay the rent, no way to put food on the table. You know, you need to have a plan for, for set income. 
while you build your dream. What does finding your passion and purpose mean to you? I think, I mean, for me especially, it just came so naturally to to sit down and think, okay, what is something I can't live without? Like, I mean, I paid a lot of money to get a master's and I, I had no intention of using it. I literally did that because I didn't want to give up traveling. Like I knew this was something that I loved and something that I wanted to show other people was possible, especially when I started traveling alone. And this is also, I mean, today there are much more solo female travel blogs, but I started traveling solo and, you know, it wasn't super popular at the time, or at least in terms of like bloggers talking about it. And I loved it so much. I loved like not being able or not having to compromise my itinerary. I loved being able to wake up and just do whatever I wanted and not having to wait for people to jump in on a trip with me before booking. So I wanted to really show people like, you can do this. This is so much easier than I thought it would be. And here's how to do it. So for me, it was being able to continue doing what made me feel fulfilled and then also getting to share that with other people and help them. That's really wonderful that you were able to figure that out and finding your purpose and your passion that way and you're able to live it now. Yeah, and it's, I mean, the brand has grown, like it started as solo travel and now of course I have a lot of New York City content, a lot of travel blogging content because I realized like these were also topics that my audience was interested in. So I just, I love helping people at the end of the day and it sounds super corny, but you know, that's why I started blogging because I wanted to give people information and tips and strategies to help them live their best life through travel, through travel blogging, which can help them travel more, all this great stuff. Jess and I have met before and we've met through Instagram. And one of the things that you and I actually talked about was that you used to travel a lot more and now you've kind of moved past the traveling for a really long time. And now you have a base in New York City. What was it like to make that decision to not travel as much as a solo traveler and to have that base? Was that a hard decision for you? And what made you decide to do that? I mean, I was almost never home. I never traveled without a base of some kind, even if it was, you know, a spare room at my parents. But yeah, during, when I was, you know, having a bed at my parents, I was almost never there. And it's really, really exhausting. And it got to that point where I was not really looking forward to traveling anymore. I was really tired and I just wanted to kind of go home for a bit. And I realized when I would go home for, you know, two weeks, which you know, when I first started this, was a lot for me. I felt really good. And I'm like, okay, I need to calm down a little bit so that when I do travel, I actually look forward to it. So this past year, I probably did about one trip per month, which for most people is still a lot. But yeah, for people who are travel blogging and travel all the time, for most people, yeah, it's, it's not so much. But I do find that I'm happier. I have more time to create better content. So instead of going to Australia and rushing through a post and not even having time to proofread it and throwing it up. Now I have more time to really sit down, make sure that all questions are answered. Like any potential questions the reader can have become answered. I can edit photos. Now I'm creating videos for my content and I just, I feel better about what I'm putting out there. And again, yeah, it's, it's great to have more time with the people I love and my friends and then look forward to when I have a trip to actually be excited for it. 
many of us will look at your life and a lot of travel bloggers lives who are location independent and especially when they see all of the posts of you traveling everywhere like it's a dream this is everyone's dream but there's also a point where you have a burnout and having that stability is actually a really positive thing and you have a, a, a stable place to be at in a bed that's actually yours so <laughs> I think that's awesome for people to know as well because a lot of people like I said before they think they have to quit their job or and or you know travel non-stop to really make this work but you know what's great living in New York City is that I live in a travel destination. So you know what? If I don't want to travel for a month or maybe two months, I can create content around New York City. What advice would you give someone who is really struggling to find his or her purpose? So for people struggling to find their purpose, I would really encourage them to think about what it is that gets them out of bed in the morning. What is it that would make you excited for your alarm to go off? Because I'll say when I, and of course there are days when I'm like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed, but I genuinely feel like when my alarm goes off or when I'm getting up to start my day, I look forward to it. And maybe, you know, you know, you have an idea of what you want to do, or maybe you like what you're doing right now, but you're not feeling super fulfilled. So you want to figure out why that is. For example, for a while, I have a tendency to become a workaholic. That's <laughs> for sure. I was finding myself just getting up really early and working like crazy. And the thing is, I'm my own boss. I can make my own hours, but I never felt like I was getting enough done. So I really started to be conscious of, okay, when you wake up, do some yoga at lunchtime, you know, go for a walk or do yoga again, or just spend 20 minutes like petting my cat and just adding these little moments of joy into my day helped me really find myself enjoying what I was doing again. You could also, and this is kind of particular to people wanting to start blogs, but I have a lot of students who are unsure of what they want to write about, which is kind of, you know, the blog's purpose. And I always say to them to ask their friends, what do you see me as an expert in? What is something you often come to me for advice for? Or what kind of problem would you come to me for advice for? And write all those down and really look at the topics that they give you and see what you would feel most passionate about writing about for the foreseeable future. Which of these topics do you feel confident writing content about? So that's a little tip that I give people in my courses who it's very common for people. They want they want to be bloggers. They want the time freedom that blogging gives and the ability to travel, but they're not 100% sure what exactly they want their niche to be and their mission. For the most part, we we are like that in our lives as well. We're so unsure. We know there's a dream and a goal there. And we had mentioned before, it's just the execution. And you are so right asking other people's opinions because we are too close to certain things sometimes that we don't see even when it's right in front of us. Oh, absolutely. So let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? I really do love the courses that I create because it allows me to help people. And like I said before, I know it sounds corny, but I think a lot of bloggers get into it, or at least they used to get into this industry because of honestly selfish reasons, which is totally fine too. I mean, I definitely got into this because I wanted to travel more and I wanted to make money being my own boss. And that is totally, totally fine. 
But I think it's so important to have a mission attached to that as well. And having a mission that helps people is how you're going to grow your community. If you're helping people, they're going to want to return to your site. So I hope that people remember me as being someone who was very generous with the amount of free, helpful information that I give out. Um, I'm always getting compliments from my readers saying, oh my gosh, you you have so many free challenges you give and I'll do free email series and all these things because I genuinely do want people to feel empowered and like they can take the next step to really make these things happen for them. So I hope that people remember me for just being really, really helpful. Yeah, that would be a really wonderful legacy. And you already do that. So <laughs> you're you're on your way there or you yeah. already are there, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you a few fun questions <laughs> before we end our conversation. Some people like myself nerd out on interviewing inspiring people like yourself and vintage cameras, and I am a sucker for romance novels. <laughs> what about you? What do you nerd out on? Oh my gosh, mine are going to be so creepy. I'm obsessed with horror movies and like when people are like, oh, my favorite book is Eat, Pray, Love, which is a great book. But I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm always reading like about serial killers and stuff. I'm, I'm so obsessed with horror. Um, I also another very weird thing that I love is, do you know what ASMR is? The auto, maybe I've told you about this too, auto sensory meridian response. It's amazing. You wear headphones and you listen to these videos of people just like tapping and doing whisper videos oh my gosh I go into almost like a catonic state I'm obsessed I have a sommelier certification so I definitely am a wine person but actually in the last few years I've gotten more into cocktails so my boyfriend and I actually make our own bitters and we try to you know we experiment with making syrups and we invent different cocktails uh, we've got a few in our imaginary cocktail book <laughs> and um, dance I take hip hop classes here and there. And I just, I love going out and dancing. Huge fan. <laughs> oh my God. I want to see you do the hip hop I dancing, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were given a one minute ad slot during the Super Bowl and you can't sell that ad slot with the potential to reach millions, what would you fill it with? I think that I would do the travel blogging courses. I think from a business standpoint, it's, pretty simple to manage. Once I create the course, I update the course and I give the feedback. Whereas the New York City tour is obviously, you have to be very full on give the tour. And I absolutely love that too. But I think I would love to do a slot promoting my courses and really getting just a ton of awesome new students that I can help and give feedback to. I love, love, love coaching. It's just something I'm so passionate about. That makes a lot of sense. And also, I think it would be really difficult having all of these people. I mean, if you have the potential to reach millions, and then even if you had a few thousand people call you for a tour in New York City, can oh you my imagine? <laughs> so if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Jessieonajourney.com. That's where I have my blog posts my courses and my tours. So you can find me there. I offer a free email challenge as well for those who want to start a profitable blog for themselves. And it's jessieonajourney.com, J-E-S-S-I-E-O-N-A-J-O-U-R-N-E-Y.com. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much, Jesse. And everybody who's listening, make sure you go on and sign up for our extended interview with Jesse because she's going to give us a lot more tips and tricks on how to monetize your blog. Thank you so much, Jesse, for joining me today. I really had a great time. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jesse. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview with Jesse to find out how to grow your online community while increasing your profit. Love a good audiobook as much as I do? Of course you do. Well, you're in luck because I have teamed up with audible.com to give you a 30-day trial for free. Make sure to visit offbeatbook.com. Again, that's offbeatbook.com to get that incredible trial.